Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number three of the Spiraling Podcast. I am your host, Jackson Wallace. I got my friend, my buddy, my pal, Jason Holland, president and um, founder of the Holland Foundations and Spiraling Ministries. Jason, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing this morning? You know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I just recently came back. I went to go see you. That was fun. I helped. I helped uh, for the viewers. I helped Jason set up kind of his podcast setup, um, and I think uh, it, it's going to help us a lot. Um, and we were able to get a lot of work done. I'm here, you know, just on an average morning. If you guys can hear construction outside of my window, I certainly do apologize. They're building a brand new apartment building next to mine, but you know, we're just going to get through it. <laughs> so, so anyway. Um, Today's topic, because uh, you know how we like to, we like to dive in deep, okay, here on the Spiraling Podcast. Nothing is off the table. Nothing is off limits. We, you know, we, we don't believe in, in keeping anything off the table. So uh, today we're dealing with something uh, that, that's very touchy, very delicate, uh, as, as usually all of our matters are, but this one uh, even more so. We're talking about mental health. And in specific, we're going to talk about Jason's um, struggles with mental health, with um, his bipolar, with uh, thoughts of suicide, um, with uh, his mental health during cancer. And we're also going to be able to provide a couple of different resources for you. Um, And uh, we, we just feel like, you know, mental health is not talked about enough, especially when we come into the cancer and addiction side of things. Um, Mental health can be very, um, very hard for some of these patients, especially with cancer and that are battling addiction. They're often not just battling their addiction themselves or the or the, the disease itself, but they're battling a, a whole a battle on a whole other front inside their own head. Um, so we just want to kind of bring some awareness to that. And actually, we looked up. I found a calendar. Okay. All right. Found a calendar. Jason, how we find it? We found this. It's on randomactsofkindness.org. Okay, and we found out that January was Mental Health Awareness Month. So we're a little late to the party. Yes, it's February. However, um, on today's date of recording is February 13th. That's where we're recording this, guys. And today it is on the calendar. They suggest they said lend a helping hand when you see an opportunity today. So, guys, if you are listening to this, uh, uh, do that random act of kindness. Lend a helping hand. If it's it's opening a door, if it is. you know, you help giving, giving somebody like pay for, you know, their Starbucks in the line or something, pay it forward, pay it behind you, random act of kindness, lend a helping hand whenever you get a chance today. Um, and those little things do, do make a bit of a difference. Um, so, but, uh, we're, we're going to move into, uh, just kind of talking about, uh, with you, Jason, your, um, this is very, it's kind of an overall thing here, but, uh, what was your struggles with mental health, um, throughout your journey, uh, throughout your story? Um, it was really up and down for me. Um, you know, starting from a young age, um, of, you know, 12 years old, I was diagnosed with bipolar. Yeah. And, um, 
I, I didn't really find anybody that understood uh, what I was going through emotionally and mentally um, yeah. to coincide with um, my addiction. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it took a lot of years to find a, uh, a doctor that understood that there's a difference between mental health issues and and cancer, not cancer, but um, um, addiction. But there's also a direct correlation with addiction to mental health. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people uh, who are suffering from mental health issues um, tend to seek um, addiction as a a comfort um, or as a coping mechanism. Yeah. And uh, that that that's really what what I did for a lot of years. Um, you know, I wasn't feeling correctly. Um, my my thoughts, my emotions. Um, it, I had to keep them in check. And in order for me to keep them in check, I thought that drugs and alcohol were the way to go. Right. Well, it only made it worse. <laughs> yeah. That that was the only thing that gave you some kind of relief to just. Yeah. yeah. Not to think about those things. So, um, you know, I, I thought that, you know, having a couple of drinks a night um, would help help ease the anxiety, help ease the anger. Um, mm. But really, all it did was was make me even more depressed, uh, more angry, yeah. um, more suicidal. Um, it, it, it caused a lot of things to flare up um, that typically on a day-to-day basis does not affect me. Um, right. So just like, it was just kind of like this buildup of emotion and then the little, like, just yeah. li- is, is that, is that an accurate representation? It's like kind of this buildup of emotion and then one little thing can just kind of set you off for last lack of a better term. Is that, yeah, it's not, it's not necessarily one little thing. It's just that right. it, it's it's like uh, it's like taking the the cork out of a champagne bottle. Okay, uh, you just blow up. Yeah, um, and the blow up doesn't have to be uh, anger wise. It could be emotionally. Sure. Um, there were a lot of nights that um, you know I I thought of take, taking my life. Wow. And that's not that's not me. That's not uh, that's not who I am on a day to day basis. Um, yeah. But the the drugs and alcohol brought that out in me. Yeah, it just kind of exacerbated the situation, made it a lot worse. Yeah. And then you were trapped in this own your own kind of like vicious cycle, right? Yeah. You thought the only thing that would help you was would be the drugs and alcohol, but it ended up just making it worse. And then you end up having these thoughts, and to avoid those thoughts, then you just you go back to the only thing that you think can help. <laughs> And it, it just yeah. keeps on going. Yeah, and it, it took it took a long time to get my medication um, dialed in correctly. Okay. Um, the, the medication is 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 what really plays a, a factor in my life day to day because it, it, if I'm not medicated. Um, you know, I, I have recent thoughts. Um, I feel like I can't turn my brain off. Yeah. Um, and I'll just stay up for days at a time. And, days as uh, the plural days, yeah. not just one. Yeah. Just yeah. What was the longest yeah. you ever stayed up? Um, uh, four or five days. I so couldn't. I couldn't imagine that. Yeah. Um, and that that that's tough because your brain just shuts down after about two days. Yeah. And you're just 
in a funk. Um, you know, I say my brain shuts down, but the thoughts and 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 emotions are still there. Yeah, and it's nonstop. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that's that's got to be that's got to be rough. I, I myself, you know, because, you know, back in college, I've had to stay up, you know, a late night, you know, studying or whatever. But I've never stayed up more than a full day. You know, I think 36 hours is when I was like, OK, I got to yeah. go to bed. <laughs> like, this is just too much because like, it's just. Yeah, you're like, you, you can't function properly. You're not thinking clearly. You're just kind of a, a zombie. And that was my experience at 36 hours. I couldn't imagine what your experience would be at day four or five. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's, there's been, um, uh, instances recently that, um, you know, I, I'm you know, suffering through like racing thoughts and right. I just, I can't sleep. Um, so I'll stay up for a 24 hour cycle and then take my medication the next day. And yeah. it, it typically resets my body. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't suggest that. But <laughs> right. Yeah. But 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 if you're trying to uh, to to break out of that, that for sure. Um, just real quickly, as we're kind of talking about medication, and we're talking, we mentioned kind of bipolar. I have I, I pulled up some resources for us to kind of to to, to draw from. Um, so bipolar disorder uh, is previously known as manic depression, uh, and this is off of uh, this is off Wikipedia. I'm going to provide these these links as we talk about some of these resources in the description on YouTube. So if you guys want to look at this and kind of, um, it'll be there for you if you, if you decide to, uh, look on it. Um, so it is, uh, defined as a mental disorder that causes periods of depression and abnormally elevated moods. If the elevated mood is severe or associated with psychosis, it's called mania. If it's less severe, it's called hypomania. And it says during mania, an individual behaves or feels abnormally energetic, happy or irritable. And individuals often make poorly thought out decisions with little regard to the consequences. And the need for sleep is usually reduced during manic phases. Um, does that sound about right? Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you're on medication. Can do you feel comfortable talking a little bit about your bipolar? Um, yeah, the, 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 the bipolar is, is it's it's pretty much in check these days. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I still um, I still have periods where you know I, I know I'm going through a manic phase. Um, I know I was talking to you earlier yeah. about you know I'm not sleeping last night. Um, you know, I still have days uh, days and nights that, that I just can't turn my brain off, um, and I'm just constantly going yeah um and it it usually takes me just just wearing myself out um and taking the medication as prescribed um in order for me to sleep sleep for me is a big thing uh yeah if i don't sleep i don't function very well same same. I, yeah. If I don't sleep, I and, and my brother, t he tells the story perfectly. He says, if Jackson doesn't sleep, Jackson's not happy. If Jackson's not happy, <laughs> no one's happy because I'm irritable. I'm cranky. I'm in a mood. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm dragging myself all day and no one wants to be around me. Yeah. Like I have to get minimum six hours. Have to. If I get less than that, then I'm in for a rough day the next day. Yeah. For me is my, 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 my point is about seven to nine hours a night. Yeah. Um, I, I can't sleep any less than that. Um, but uh, the bipolar, I, I don't 
I don't really suffer from the, the depression side of it as much anymore. Right. Um, you know, the the other topic that, um, that we we're going to talk about uh, here in a few minutes is, is the cancer and mental health. Yes. Um, but when I was going through through my um, um, chemotherapy, um, there were times that everybody thought that I was going through depression when really it was just I was worn out and I just wasn't able to function just exhausted Um, yeah Um, a big a big thing for me was um, you know I think I talked about on the last episode uh, when I found out that I I had uh, colon cancer yeah and uh, I made peace with God Um, that was a big moment yeah that that was a turning point in my life um, to be able to take away the depression, um, the thoughts of suicide, um, and I was just at peace. Yeah, just at peace with yourself and able to kind of find you were almost like at rest. Where it was at that point, you were able to finally get some rest. Yes, and yeah, and just kind of relax and and calm down, and, and that in turn really helped you. Yes, it did. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I'm a I'm a better person for it today. Yeah, that's excellent, excellent. Um, but yeah, you you just touched on it. I think uh, I think we can kind of get into it now. Is uh, mental health um, dealing with cancer, right? And I know that's a very broad topic, and I know we could dig down and probably do five episodes on that alone. Um, but um, you know, guys, dealing with like cancer in and of itself is is you know my person never had experience with it but getting to talk to jason and learn his side of things it's it is a tough battle and you're fighting it on several fronts because you're you're one you're dealing with the disease itself the other you're dealing with you know how is my family responding to this you know um financially how am i able to respond to this and also but a lot of times you have to deal with battles in your own head uh, with cancer and just being in a good mental place, like Jason just said, when he was able to finally make peace, he started to really begin to heal and rest and and relax. And that can do wonders for you and your body and, and your condition. Um, just so you know, I got some numbers here for us. Uh, this is from the National Behavioral Health Network. Okay. It is bhthechange.org. Again, bhthechange.org. I'm going to have the link to the website in the description for you guys if you want to follow along with us or if you want to just read up about some mental health um uh, if you have concerns about someone with mental health or a loved one uh, dealing with some mental health issues, especially with cancer, um, give this website a look at. Okay, so here we go. Here's some kind of some numbers. One in three, okay, 33%, 33.5%, one in three people with cancer experience mental or emotional distress. And it is most common in breast cancer with 42% and head and neck cancer with 41% of patients. That is a, a staggering number. You know, because that just what that points out to me is that you that one in every three of those people is it's that much harder to fight the cancer if you're dealing with um, 
something in your own head, right? Um, then it also we also have up to 25% of cancer survivors experience symptoms of depression and up to 45% experience anxiety. Uh, many cancer survivors also experience symptoms meeting the criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder and cancer survivors are twice as likely to die by suicide than the general population. These numbers, um, again, according to bhthechange.org, linked in the description, these numbers are are um, shocking and staggering. Um, I didn't know it was it was that bad. Yeah, uh, it's it's an epidemic. Uh, the mental health field um, is is more than just um, you know somebody dealing with issues in their head. Um, it's it's you know people um, suffering through cancer. Um, it's our vets that come back from war. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's all it's all around us, and um, you can look at a person and not know they're dealing with something, um, depression-wise or anxiety, um, without talking to them and, and yeah. requiring that for that information. Um, you know, you can tell a cancer patient, um, you know, a lot of cancer patients lose their hair um, or they have yeah. other ailments. Uh, so a lot of times you can you can spot a cancer patient. But what is that cancer patient really dealing with? What are they really um, going through? Yeah. Um, emotionally, what, what is their family having to go through? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know the statistics, but I would like to see this, the statistics for um the family members with PTSD from cancer, yeah, um, because uh, it, it not only affects that individual but all the wives around them. Yeah, um, everybody, everybody yeah. close to you is going to be touched and affected by that. And the closer that you are to that person, it's going to affect you more and more. Because obviously, you—I yeah. mean—and you know—I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but I would imagine. Um like the spouse of a cancer of a cancer patient is extremely affected by this just because like, you know, they want what's best for their spouse. You know, they want what's best for, for him or her and they want, and, and it's gotta, there's gotta be some feeling of just powerlessness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's powerlessness. Um, and when things get scary is whenever you lose hope. Yeah. Uh, because if you lose hope, um, you lose all drive. Uh, you right. lose the fight. Um, you know, um, going through mental health issues and especially cancer, uh, you have to be a strong individual in order to fight this. Right. Uh, you have to. You have to get up every morning, um, put your big boy britches on, and say, "I'm going to fight today." Yeah. And I'm going to fight every day uh, until I get a clean bill of health. Right. Um, Jason, you were talking about um, the impact of uh, family members uh, the, with mental health, especially um, the impact of family members of uh, cancer patients. Um, and I know that um, at the time of your cancer and even now, you know, you have you have a family. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how it might have affected some of your family members? Yeah, so I want to talk about um, my 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 son. He's uh, he's ten years old right now, um, and the 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 effect that it's taken on him. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll wait for a later episode uh, when Chris is available to talk about um, how how she she dealt with it. But sure, uh, 
you know, one, one thing that I can directly comment on um, from my son, uh, when when we found out that I had cancer, he he knew immediately that something was wrong with me. Yeah, uh, I wasn't acting right. Um, I was in bed. Um, I was in the hospital for a week. Um, yeah. He knew something was wrong, um, and we waited until after we found out uh, the exact diagnosis before we told him um, right. that I had cancer. And it kind of happened really fast. You know, you you, you find out you have cancer. Um, you, for me, it was. I found out on a Thursday I had cancer. Monday I was back in surgery getting a port put in. Yeah. Later I was doing chemotherapy. Right. It was. Um, bam. 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 Yeah, so uh, he didn't. He didn't have a whole lot of time to really um, adjust. Um, he didn't ask a lot of questions, um, but it did affect him um, directly in the sense of it gave him anxiety. I'm sure. I'm sure. And what I mean by the anxiety is it was separation anxiety. Okay. Uh, he did not want to leave my side. Wow. Uh, my son is, is one of the sweetest boys. Uh, you got to hang out with him for a I bit. did. Really nice kid. I uh, like him. Yeah, he, he's he's a little kid, but he's a typical typical ten year old boy with sure with his bodily functions and things. <laughs> <laughs> I get mad at him about it's, it's to be expected. It's to be expected, man. He he is the sweetest boy that um, that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um and he also cares about his family deeply. Oh yeah, um, for sure. He goes. He goes to a Christian academy. Um, he's very, okay. very in tune with uh, with God and Jesus, um, and his relationship um, with them. Um, but he also has a very close relationship with me. Yeah. Um, there were several days that we would drop him off at school, and he would just throw the biggest fit that he didn't want to go to school. His stomach was hurting him. He was nauseous, um, and it, it it affected him. You know, the yeah. anxiety was was what was causing all these issues. Yeah, um, he would get so worked up that that he would make himself sick. And um, you know, not, not long after I stopped chemotherapy, um, I had to take a road trip um, for uh, for work. Um, and I was gone for a couple weeks, and um, during that time period, um, my wife Kristen she she had the hardest time getting him to go to school. And yeah. we finally um, we finally decided to to fly to fly everyone out to see me uh, for a weekend, um, and we we're going to take a long weekend, go to the beach, and and spend some family time together. Yeah. So, very you know, cool. He uh, he was really worried about me, um, especially just stopping chemotherapy, and then I'm out of state for weeks at a time. Yeah. Um, when it was time for them to fly back home, um, he he wouldn't leave, and wow. you say, yeah, you know, well, you can put him on the plane and do whatever you can to get him on the plane. Ten uh, year old boy, he he's pretty strong. Uh, so you sure. Can't, yeah. So you can't force him to do anything he doesn't want to. Yeah. Um, so we decided that we were going to extend the, the extend the trip, and I was going to end my 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 work a little bit 
early and we drove back um, and okay. we, we emailed the school and, and told them, you know, what we were doing and um, they were very supportive of it. Um, That's good. But we, we went and spent some time up in the mountains and him and I got to spend one-on-one time together. Yeah, that's and good. He, he really needed that. Um, but, um, you know, even now, um, if I have to go out of town for a few days, um, he has a hard time um, going to school and functioning. Um, so what they actually allow him to do is, is, is take an iPad to school and we have designated times that he's able to FaceTime me. That's cool. Just, just yeah. to see I'm okay. Yeah. Cause that's all he needs is comfort and he needs to know that I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, he's just worried about you. Yeah. He went through a traumatic experience at bet. eight, nine years old of, am I going to lose my daddy? Yeah. And man, I, I couldn't imagine. So any separation from me now, um, it's, it's extremely difficult for him. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, that would be, you know, I'm getting kind of glossy. I'm thinking about my dad. I'm 26, you know, and he's right there, you know, yeah. but, but, um, uh, yeah, I could only, I could only imagine, especially at that young age, just having to, to deal with all of that. That's wow. Wow. That's, um, I have no words for that, you know, um, that's powerful. Yeah. So, you know, we, I spend as much time with them as possible now. Um, yeah. Cause I, I, I cherish my relationship with them. Um, I noticed that when I came down to visit you. Yeah. So everything that we, we do, uh, I try to do it as a family. Um, he does not like going and staying outside of the house, um, going to his grandparents' house. Uh, I mean, he has fun when he's there. Uh, sure. Just the, the buildup of knowing that he's leaving me for the weekend. Um, yeah. Gives him extreme anxiety. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it, that yeah, for sure. And I think that's something. I'm, I'm glad that you touched on that. And kind of told that that story because, um, you know, oftentimes when we're, we're talking about cancer patients, obviously we're and we should be. We're focused on you know the person with cancer, but we also have to remember that, you know, especially the people closest to them, they're dealing with a lot too, and it can cause a lot cause a lot of emotional distress. So thank you for sharing that. I really do appreciate it. Um, Wow. All right, guys. When we come back, we're going to move on to um, how the uh, how the uh, Bible can kind of help us and give us some guidance uh, during these troubling times. We'll be right back. But what we're going to do is we're going to talk about and kind of wrap up the conversation. Uh, we want to talk about uh, what scripture has to say about mental health, mental illness. Um, and we actually, uh, thanks to Jason, Jason was actually able to send us a, uh, a verse here. And this verse, it actually, it, it's come from, uh, you said it was one of JJ's favorite, right? Yeah, my son JJ, it's uh, one of his favorite ones that uh, he, uh, he recites himself uh, whenever he's dealing with uh, anxiety or um, any issues that he, he has going on. It is Philippians 4, 6 through 7, and it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. It's good. Yeah, he really finds comfort in that scripture, um, just knowing that that God's going to be there with him. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, there was a, a another article that I read. Um, sure. From the uh, the National Alliance on Mental on Mental Illness. Yeah. Reports that approximately one in five adults in the U.S. forty six point six million people experience mental illness in a given year. Wow. 46 yeah. million? Yeah, 46 million. One in five adults. Uh, so that, that number is pretty, uh, pretty impactful. Um, it's pretty high, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, mental, mental illness uh, is not only, you know, not only something with your with your with your mind, right. uh, but it can also be something with a, a physical ailment um, like cancer. Sure, uh, sure. So there's another verse in here that uh, that I like. It says, "Well, we know that one of the consequences of the fall is the corruption of God's good and perfect creation of our bodies." Uh, that's in Second Corinthians four sixteen. Yeah. Um, our earthly lives are limited. Eventually, our bodies will fail us. This also applies to our minds. Um, so a lot of people who have the physical ailments uh, can cause um, mental issues as well. Um, and I was talking to somebody a little while ago. Um, there was a uh, famous baseball player that um, had to have his arm amputated, his pitching arm amputated. Oh, wow. Um, because he... Um, he was having issues with it, found out he had cancer in it. Um, they treated the cancer, came back, pitched five games. And during the fifth game, as he was throwing a fastball, he broke his arm and developed an infection in his arm. Yeah. Wow. That, that's, that, that is crazy. I never heard of that before. Yeah. So I don't remember. I don't remember the, the name on it, uh, but that's... Uh, he he suffered through a lot of tribulations after that. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Especially like you know his pitching arm. You know he's been he's had well, one. You know he's had it his whole life, obviously. But like he he's been using it for so long with the the game that he loves. Yeah, I would assume so. If you're making it to the pros, you love the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, your livelihood uh, is taken away from you at a moment's notice yeah. uh, because of infection. So, uh, but, you know, there, there's there's good things that come, um, you know, through scripture and reading the Bible. Um, there's another verse here that says, uh, is God is close to those who are suffering. And uh, it's uh, what is constant throughout scripture is that God provides comfort to the suffering and meets the needs of the brokenhearted. And that's uh, uh, Psalms 34:18 and 145, 18. Uh, his word promises that those who are in the midst of suffering, whether experiencing death or depression, have the hope that everything is working together for the good of those who love him yeah. and are called according to his purpose. Wow. And that's in Romans 8:28. So, you know, no matter, no matter what you're suffering through, um, you know, whether it be a, a you know, a, a full-blown full mental health issue or a physical tribulation, yeah. uh, you know, relying on, on scripture and the word of God um, will, will allow 
um, it, it, it allowed me clarity and it, it allowed um, your relationship with God to grow. And this is a good thing. Lean on him. Yeah. 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 Just kind of shoulder some of the shoulder, uh, take some of the burden off of you, you know, yeah. um, which can have a tremendous impact especially as it did with you once you came to peace with God. That really kind of helped you focus and rest. And um, I think that's important. Super important. Okay. Well, fantastic scripture, fantastic scripture. But Jason, I do have one more question. And that's in relation to scripture, in relation to how uh, the the Bible can help you. um, How do you think that uh, uh, churches can help with with mental illness, because it seems like that, 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 that with some churches, it's not a hot topic. Um, at least not widely covered. Yeah. And I, I see that a lot, um, with different people that I've talked to, um, is that their, their church has limited resources in dealing with this. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that that a church can do is partner with uh, with our ministry, and we can help provide support and guidance um, yeah. to those those who are who are suffering, um, whether it be just through a conversation, um, outsourcing some uh, counseling services, um, or getting treatment um, for those who really need it. Um, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that if um, the uh, some different churches are able to partner with us, um, we can kind of help each other out because um, we have some, ex- well, obviously we have experience and we have uh, a wonderful story. I think that can impact a lot of different people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we can, uh, we can reach out we can, we can partner with a couple of different churches and, and share some resources and just raise, if, if, if nothing else, just raise awareness about mental health, especially in the church state. Yeah. And not only in the church state, but just, you know, all around. Um, sure. There's a big, um, I know, you know, I live in the city of Houston and, um, there's been a lot of police presence with mental health issues going on in the city. And, um, you know, they're, they're making the officers aware of, of, of people who are having these psychosis uh, episodes or yeah. committing crimes who are, who are suffering from mental health issues and how to treat them, how to apprehend them, how to spot that um, so that yeah. when they're getting, getting the help that they need instead of just putting, putting them in jail, putting, yeah. putting them in prison. Uh, they're they're you know, trying to make a big push to get them the help they need. That's good. And, resources for that yeah that's fantastic so, i actually got a buddy who's a cop and uh he's up in he's in wyoming <laughs> and so he just lives and I, I mess with him all the time because we talk about the population and of course you and me are in texas we talk about the population of wyoming it's like you know five hundred thousand people total you know spread yeah. across the entire state i'm like dude it's five hundred thousand people in fort worth i actually think it's something like 1.2 million so <laughs> we just i'm like man there's nobody that lives up there you two and a caribou that's it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he. Um, all jokes aside, he has talked to me specifically about how he, like he's receiving some training, and you know he he tries to make himself aware of certain mental illnesses and how he can help and try to educate himself as well, um, so he can be do a better job uh, and be a better cop. So yeah, shout out to my buddy. Cool. Yeah, man. 
very good. Uh, that's, that's all I have for this episode. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Be sure you can uh, find us where all podcasts can be heard. Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. We'll also post this up to YouTube. I'm going to have links to these different websites that we pulled from uh, in case you guys want to go in and take a look yourself. Um, they'll be down in the description below on YouTube. Be sure to leave us a comment. Leave us a five-star rating. We'll read your rating here on the podcast. Um, and comments are always helpful. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening and slash watching. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. So I'm thankful